I cannot stress the importance of reviews, though. The more reviews you have, there's obviously a strong correlation. The more reviews you have, the more likely they're going to use you, right? When they call, they're not shopping as much because everybody else says you're the best, right? But this is my passion. It's like for some odd reason, people think the death care industry is different now, but consumers are the same. We look at reviews a lot more. Whether you're looking for plumbers, looking for laser pen, right? And we look at reviews a lot more. If we do not know much about that business, we just rely on reviews. Welcome to the Direct Cremation Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Yamasaki and Will DeMichaelis. Among the many ways that I could describe our next guest, genius, marketer, ring ring, colleague, friend, the best way I think I would say is just he's a good dude. I've never heard a negative thing about him from anyone that's met him, and I think he's one of the most universally respected in death care. Probably know him as a guy that follows you around on the internet and all his effective ads. Others may know him as a CEO of Ring Ring Marketing, introducing Welton Hong. Thank you, Tyler. Thanks for being here, Welton. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Too humbled to be here. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, Welton, let's start from the beginning. Sure. Can you tell everyone what Ring Ring Marketing does? Yeah. These days, we specialize in helping funeral homes and cemeteries mainly focus on growing their at-need calls. That's what we're pretty well known for is focusing on more on the at-need side. Gotcha. Gotcha. And some funeral directors can be sticks in the mud. And I know you probably get a lot of pushback sometimes. So if you were to, me speaking as a funeral director, yes, what am I paying you for? <laughs> <laughs> I have people dying already and they're guaranteed to pass away. So what, what would I be paying you for, Welton? So a good analogy is let's play a game well, just for fun. Okay. Sure. Let's roll back in time that say we're in the 90s and you have leaky roof. I'm just curious back then, how do you look up roofers back in the 90s? Yellow pages. Okay. Yellow pages or what uh, about a referral? Remote. Right. Neighbor. Yeah. Neighbor. Right. Yeah. So let's focus on the print yellow pages just for fun a little bit more now. When you're flipping through the yellow pages, that say you're looking at roofers, how do you know which there's like tons of roofing companies <laughs> in there? Like there's large ads, there's quarter pages, ones with one line. Like, how do you know which roofing company to call? I'm curious. I wouldn't. I would say that if I had to approach it anyway, I'd probably approach it by calling the ones with the most prominent ads first and okay. see if I like them. That's probably sure. what I would do. All right. That's why most roofing company, plumbing company, they all change their name to be AA <laughs> roofing <laughs> company. <laughs> right? That, that's the good old days, right? Yeah. Or the app copy, right? But generally, some, how they choose the roofing company or a plumbing company is they're actually using more like a white pages, though. They're looking up. There's always those prominent roofing company in your local area. They do a lot of TV, print, billboards. Those are most likely the ones that you, you just don't remember. It's that top of mind. But we're going through the yellow pages. You found their ads. It's like, okay, I know them. They're trustworthy because I've seen them everywhere. Right. Now I'm going to call them, right? So that's typically what happens in the good old days back in the 90s, right? Is, hey, you'll look up. That's the default way where people go <laughs> through is to print yellow pages. If it problems, Yellow Pages is the solution to look up contractors, stuff like that. 
But using the same example today, well, how do you look up roofers then? Google roofers near me or best roofers Los Angeles. Sure. Right. <laughs> and most of us, we go straight to Google. Mm-hmm. Right. So more or less, Google replaced the Prignola pages. Right. More or less. Yeah. Got it. And how people choose on Google a firm to use, whether it's direct cremation or fear home, is also de- depends, right? Me personally, I don't always click on ads though. I know it costs money, so I rarely <laughs> click on Google ads, right? But if we're thinking about using that same analogy as print yellow pages, those firms that typically do a lot of offline media, right? They're on TV, radio, or they do a lot of print, they do a lot of community outreach, for example, that top of mind awareness is very critical. So when you go on Google, it's not necessarily just looking up a random funeral home, for example. Sometimes people are looking at those that they're already familiar with. They just don't remember what that funeral home is called, right? Or some of us, we go to Google, we type in funeral home near me, we do not know any funeral home at all. So now we're deciphering, should I, which ad is better? Does it say who they are, what they do, and how they're different? Or they go straight to the map section. I typically just go straight to the map section whenever we're looking for anything locally, right? Now I choose one of the three firms, right? Based on the reviews, stuff like that. So in general, Google, if I just use that analogy, Google more or less replaced the print yellow pages, right? And now it's the war, unfortunately, now is similar to the war on the print yellow pages back in the 90s. Larger ads, you trick it by putting it like AAA roofing company, right? There's tricks so that way you show up more probably larger ads, right? This is the same thing now. Unfortunately, the war is happening. I'm not loving it, by the way, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, the war is happening on Google. Even your yeah. very, very prominent film, everybody knows you, multi-generation, for example. But if somebody goes on Google, type in cremation near me, if you don't show up, you just lost that call though. Right. So how I look at Google these days, first intention is to protect your market share. That's very critical. If you don't exist on Google, you lose that call. Second, of course, is you want to gain market share. So that's how I kind of position Google though. So whether you use us or it doesn't matter, unfortunately, the war is on Google on eminent need, near need situation these days. So you just have mm. to somehow appear on Google though. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If I am one of your customers, what are some of the things that you're actually doing, maybe in the more specific? You don't have to get into the details, obviously. So typically, if we're looking at a direct cremation business, uh, it's going to be slightly different than a traditional firm, though. The framework will be a little bit different. And I'll contrast the both. A traditional firm versus direct cremation business. How it is different, uh, how we position it differently on Google. So a traditional firm, we typically will be bidding on those funeral home-based keywords because they want a little higher revenue per call. So if we're doing Google ads, instead of fighting on cremation-based keywords, where it's a lot more competition, we want to make sure that, say, they don't have 20 bucks a day to spend. We're going to make sure those 20 bucks goes towards funeral home-based keywords, right? And those are the services they like a little bit more, higher revenue per call. Right, we try not to compete on the cremation-based keywords. But if it's a direct cremation business, of course, it'll be different. Right, we're gonna make sure, right, we're gonna fight a little bit harder on the cremation-based 
keywords though. But Otley, guys, Rivet Otley though, we done a lot of testing. This is one of those weird things. And now I'll give you a couple parallel analogy, just using, let's say, the window and door industry, something we're pretty, that's what before the death care industry, we specialize in the home improvement sector. So the buying journey for windows and doors is very long. So typically it's about 97 days. For the minute you start thinking about windows and doors until you buy windows and doors, because it's not like broken windows. It's nice to have type of things, right? So with a buying loan buying journey, it does not make sense to be bidding on position one, position two. The top two positions, of course, it's a bidding war. There's four ads at the top of Google. Typically, the rule of thumb is the more higher position, the more expensive it is. But not always true. It's based on quality score, which I can go a little bit later. We focus a lot. If you hire us, we're going to focus a little more on quality score. So that way you end up paying us. Okay, but just general yeah. rule of thumb is a higher position, the more expensive it is. So if we look at this on the direct cremation business side, a lot of direct cremation business, they're bidding aggressively to be on that top two positions though. In some major metro areas, it's very, very expensive already, right? Mm -hmm. Some metro area, a cost per click could be easily 10 bucks a click. <laughs> easily oh, though. In yeah. Chicago metro area, easily could be 20 bucks a click. But right. that does not make sense at all. Low revenue per call, and not everybody who click on your ad will be calling you. So that's why a lot of direct cremation business, they don't have that much wiggle room compared to a traditional firm. Traditional firm, the cost per click is low because not too many people are bidding on fair home-based keywords. The revenue per call is a little bit higher. So they got a lot more wiggle room, not right, to make it higher ROI. Yeah. Direct cremation is much tougher though. I want to go a little bit deeper into that, Walton. Obviously, I've come from a more online marketing background, especially before death care. But usually when you think about when you buy ads, especially online, the more expensive your item is, the more you're willing to pay for it. Right. right? And so if I'm a funeral home and I have a potentially five to ten to fifteen thousand dollar family mm -hmm. looking for funerals, wouldn't I be willing to spend yeah spend more. <laughs> whatever my profit margin yeah, on right. that ten thousand to fifteen thousand yes. dollar funeral would be, right? But I've bought direct cremation keywords before and what funeral keywords. And it doesn't make a lot of sense that a firm that's willing to buy, you know, an Omega Society that's willing to do a cremation for $600, I'm going to have to pay 10 to $15 per click when if I have a yeah. funeral home that's looking for $15,000 right. families, I'm only paying a dollar per click. Right. How did that happen? And what is that? Yeah, that's why it doesn't make sense, right? Unfortunately, that's what I'm saying. Google ads not necessarily work for everybody, though. It used to work very well, let's say four or five years ago, when the cost per click is very, very low. And typically, I'll give you parallel examples. If you look at lawyers, whenever you bid on keywords for lawyers, easily, easily, it's 40 to 50 bucks a click. For accidental lawyers, it's easily 100 bucks a click. I'm wow. not even kidding now. Mm -hmm. But it's set by the marketplace. It's set by the marketplace because they know, right, that we just use the revenue per call, right? It's very, very high. It's outrageously yeah. high. So they're willing, it's set by the marketplace. They're willing to spend that high amount to get to win that phone call. But that's the problem in the death care vertical. It's still relatively new. You have a lot of these direct, not a lot, but there's some direct cremation businesses 
they do not know what they're doing. They keep on outbidding each other. They keep on outbidding each other. By the time it's like 20 bucks a click, they still don't know whether it makes sense or not. Now they're all fighting for that click. When That's why I'm like, dude, you don't need to be on the first position. Why don't you aim for position three? This is our secret here. I'm, I'm giving it away, right? <laughs> <laughs> why do you want to bid on the first two knowing they're going to be price shopping? Got it. What were you maybe on position three? If they actually did click on position three, they're a lot more serious. They already shot the first two ads already. These are much more serious people, and you're paying a lot less compared to the first two ads. A lot less, though. That first ad is so outrageously expensive. The second, let the first two fire it out. I call them the crazies, right? <laughs> they just don't know how Google ads work, right? So that's why I'm not bidding. If I'm working for a direct cremation business, we're aiming for that position three and sometimes even four, though. So if I were a traditional funeral home and I opened one in a major area and I was willing to spend $5, $10 a click yeah. for just funeral home keywords, sure. am I going to blow up then? Like, am I going to do really, really well? Or how do you see that happening? I typically will not let them waste their money. I hate to waste money, guys, right? <laughs> Even you can afford it. That to me just stupid. Makes you a good guy. Uh-huh. Right? You should be leveraging there shouldn't be any waste, right? You still can be doing a lot of other stuff. Google is not the only deal here, right? There's right. a lot of other places you can spend. Tyler is how I think, though. It has to be multi-channel approach, right? If you give me a buck right now and I give you $2 back, Tyler, would you do that in day in, day out? I mean, I would give you $1.99 if you would <laughs> give me $2 and I would do that. A exactly. million times, right? Like that's kind of <laughs> right. how I would look at it. Yeah, right. So use that analogy. If you give me, uh, I give you two bucks back. That's very, very high ROI. That's called that one channel, one media channel. Mm -hmm. On a channel, I'm just going to call it, that's a direct mails. Okay. Direct mails, a little bit less ROI. But if you give me a buck, I give you a dollar and 10 cents back. Dude, I will still do it. That's how yeah. I think of marketing though, is right. You're looking for those channels. Some will do very well. Some will do a little bit less. But if general, if it's positive ROI, just like your stocks, right? Just any investment you do, you're looking for multiple streams of income. And it's the same. You're looking for multiple streams of investment. As business owners, we're investing our dollars to see which channel is going to deliver better. And Google might not be it for all, though. Right? It's sometimes in those crazy markets, it's getting to a point where it's cost prohibitive. Let them fire it out. And there's the next channel, I would say, this other secret, I'm going to give it away. Just use Bing, right? Bing still has a good market share, about a third. Almost no direct cremation business or any fear of home bidding on there. That's like, that's where you still get a dollar, two dollar clicks. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's got it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody thinks it's like Google. Yeah, Google, I love Google. But dude, there's a lot of other channels that's cheaper ROI now. Got it. Yeah, that's true. So if I were to engage in a relationship with a digital marketing company, how do I know that you're making me successful? Right. Very good. There's going to be a few tests. One is ask them what keywords are they bidding on? Okay. Are they bidding very, very broadly keywords or are they bidding very, very exact keywords though? Right. We hate to waste money. If you're bidding very, very broadly, now you're going to be wasting a lot of money. Versus if you're really going exact keywords like cremation near me, 
right? Let's say somebody is out in Las Vegas, Las Vegas cremation. That means for sure, whoever searched that keyword, more likely they're going to use your service now, right? So that's the first test. Second test is going to be pretty easy as well. Are they actually making an effort to tweak your website? Guys, it's so easy to buy traffic, but who cares about clicks? I don't care about clicks. Business owners don't care about clicks. Our clients don't care about clicks. They care about phone calls. But if we can send traffic to a website, but if that website is not turning phone call, we failed. As an agency, we failed. But mm -hmm. most agencies just keep on sending traffic to a website, but it's not converting. So I'll say the next test is, are they actually working with you to update the website? Okay. And my question for you, Wilton, would be, you see a lot of funeral homes. What are three things that you can think of that a funeral home can do right now in online marketing sure. that they wouldn't need to necessarily hire you for? Yeah, easy. I'm all for this. First, probably the simplest of all, like outrageous simple, is to make sure your own business's Google listing is up to date. Google provided each business, right? Your local Starbucks, right? Your local gas station. Each physical business has a free Google listing, right? It's called Google Business Profile. Yep. And it's free, but what I see is most Google listing for funeral homes or direct conversion businesses, they're not up to date. So what I meant by up to date is whenever you Google yourself, is that business profile image that's the one that shows up, the cover picture, is a what? is a good portraying of your firm, right? You'll sometimes see just like interior photo, could be just picture of cast. I have no idea. And then they didn't upload it. It just means they never claim it. Right. Is it set to 24-7? I'm a huge believer you have to set it as 24-7 now because you're potentially missing calls in the late, right, after hours. Whenever people Google you, it's a hospice referral, eminent need. They Google your business name. Now you show up as being closed. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you giving people permission to put 24-7 yeah. because some people may be scared to do that, thinking right. that they'll show up to your physical yeah. location at midnight yeah. and expect you Very to be rare. open, but that's rare. And so it's you're right, it's worth doing. Yeah, I do agree. It's Yeah, you might get a few folks that might show up, but you're putting losing a lot more calls than not. Absolutely. So Google listing is probably the most, most critical. That's free. You got to make sure Google listing is up to date. And Google made it outrageously easy for anybody to update their own Google listing these days. You just have to Google your own business name, assume you're logged into Gmail. Now you can update directly on the search engine results. You don't have to log in through a portal anymore. Yeah. yeah. So that's the first thing. Second, under super easy thing, reviews, reviews, reviews. I cannot stress the importance of reviews now. The more reviews you have, there's obviously a strong correlation. The more reviews you have, the more likely they're going to use you, right? When they call, they're not shopping as much because everybody else says you're the best, right? But this is my passion. It's like for some odd reason, people think the death care industry is different now, but consumers are the same. We look at reviews a lot more. Whether you're looking for plumbers, looking for laser pen, right? And we look at reviews a lot more. If we do not know much about that business, we just rely on reviews. So definitely reviews. I know that's super important. I know when I originally met Will, Omega Society was still doing 
3,000-ish cremations a year. And they had 20, 20 reviews on Google yeah. <laughs> at the and time. Now, like, I checked yesterday and it's like 640, 4.9 of 640 reviews. Wow. Yeah. I appreciate that reaction, Wilton. It makes me feel pretty good, actually. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's really good. Amazing. And that was, I mean, a testament to exactly what you said in terms of let your customers speak for you before yeah. they even, ever call you. Yeah. That's like social proof. That is so critical, right? I'm sorry. That's my passion on reviews, right? Seriously, if, if Omega, uh, you guys are trying to compete with somebody, right? Seriously, people are just going to use you. It's like just yeah. that sheer amount of reviews. Yeah. Even if you charge hundred bucks more, they're still gonna use you. It's a safety net for everybody looking at just reviews though. Yeah. Welton, there's a lot of companies out there that push that. They're gonna help you go reviews. I know even within Parting Pro, we have a feature that kind of does that on its own. We don't sell it as a standalone or anything, but it is something that we add value to. You're saying that people can do that on their own. How do you think that you can set that up to make it easy for a funeral home to do? That's not engaged with firm or an agency or even have a software that does it for them. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking out loud here is definitely you need a framework. If you're not mm -hmm. using a software, using a supplier for it, easily you can do it on your own. Assuming you're actually working with a workflow. It is my suggestion. With Google reviews, it's not hard. You just need to know the URL to mm -hmm. Google reviews, right? That's very easy to find though. So one my suggestion is after a service is done, whether you text the families or email the families, you have to ask for reviews, okay? Asking is very, very critical. And how I frame it is a little bit different now. How I'm framing this is to ask for a feedback, right? So if I'm reaching out to the family, my email will be different. Hey, thank you. Right. But the tone of the email is, I really appreciate it. If you're not happy, let me know. You want to feel the Eugene and Clay, what you do. If you're not happy, I want to know. This is my cell phone. Reach out to me personally. Because that stops, that just stops a negative review from going online. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I ask, hey, really appreciate Let us know how we can improve our service even more. So we're looking for feedback. So they will more likely leave you positive feedback. Though. But what your framework here is you got to ask though, right? Got and it. asking is critical because I really believe you got to make sure before that negative review goes online, you have to stop it before you even go online. So definitely asking whether through phone, email, or text. But you got to make sure you have a framework. And if I'm running a funeral home a society right now, me personally, I will be incentivizing my funeral director or arranger to ask for reviews, right? You cannot bribe families for reviews, but I can incentivize my directors. Hey, if one of your family left a review, it's just a fun game, right? Or you could write a contest. Like, Here's 25 bucks, right? right? So I think that those reviews really go a long way though. Yeah, they're really big. Yeah. One thing that I found really interesting is your reputation within the industry is extremely good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows your name. I think you're one of the nicest people in death care today. But you also are a little bit selective with who you work with, right? Right. You don't work with everyone who comes to you, even if they do have the means to pay you or are willing to pay you. What are some of the reasons why you won't work with certain firms or certain companies? Yeah. By now, we, I mean, ring ring, we already know our strategy don't does not work for everybody, right? We have our framework. Hey, this 
our strategy works for X, Y, and Z type of firm. If we deviate from that, we do not know how to do it, right? That's how I look at it. It's like just same thing. You'll look at some agencies, they specialize in working with certain sizes of firms. So some love working with startups, some love working like corporate, some love working very, very large, right? We kind of know our sweet spot though. We kind of dial that in. We got proven process system to work, right? So for those that deviate from the framework, that's why I do a lot of education, right? I do a lot of videos, a lot of webinars, these are free, right? And hey, if we don't fit each other, right, you can easily learn it on your own. That's how I kind of look at it. As I wish I can work with all firms, but our record is, is I know who I can really seriously help and scale though. And typically I, I like to say we're not savers, we're scalers. I cannot help a struggling business though. I wish I could. I, it typically right. is internal issues but I'm pretty darn good at scaling businesses. <laughs> that makes sense. Do you have some of those, would you be comfortable sharing some of those frameworks of who you yeah. do help and sure. who you're, who's like your bread and butter and who is right. not? Yeah, our bread and butter will be typically a traditional firm doing 175 calls to that 500 calls in that range. That typically means they're a little more mature, right? They're doing 175 calls internally, they, they crack the code. I kind of look at it, I came from small business as well, right? It, it does take a while. It really does take a while to really know how to scale a business. I wish if I am able to start a second business, it will go a lot smoother, guys. Learning, you're seeing a lot of time and money trying to learn how to scale business. So that first, yeah, that's just very hard to get past that first tipping point. So I kind of realized, hey, working with firms, same thing. I love, my mind is with the startup show, but it's a little bit harder because they have so many issues. It's not just marketing. It's everybody thinks just earn more money, like get more business. That's not it though. To learn to scale, there's internal, there's staff, and there's a lot of things, they're processing in place. So that's why I kind of know, like my sweet spot is they come just in the calls and they kind of got it figured out. They got enough staff, the owners look like stress out. They're still stressed out, but they're not stressed out. They're actually doing a lot of work themselves. They kind of practical, at least knowing how to hire, have a good culture. And those are critical and we get them to the next level. Nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to shift gears a little bit. I know we've talked about that there, but how did you end up here? You said you came from a home improvement sector. Yeah. So how did you end up in death care? Yeah, it's definitely... Not by design. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not by design. So we used, prior to starting my own digital marketing agency, I was obviously just like Tyler. We're all nerds, right? Geeks. Yeah. But we used to specialize working with window and door dealers. Very, very niche, nationwide, right? We'll work manufacturers. They kind of have us work with their dealers. Some very large, like Simon 10 Milgard dealers, right? So we just love to swing our own lane, working with very, very niche industries. So that way we're not wasting money to play with because we know it already works, right? So we try to stay in our lane, windows and doors, window covering, roofing, like just different verticals in there. And then one of our window and door client referred us to their extended family who also own a funeral home. And my standard answer is always no. I do not know industries outside of the home improvement sector. Right now, I'm going to be wasting your money, though. Right? Seriously, like it's going to a doctor, right? There's doctors that specialize in different things. The same thing with agencies. There's no way agency will know all industries, though. But it's a very, very good window and door client. So I'm like, hey, 
let me use my own money. I'm just going to do it pro bono. Test that out. Because, right, if I do not know it works, I'm not going to waste your money. So for fun, we kind of play with that and test it out. And it actually worked even better than the window and door industry done. And the main reason is the buying journey, right? Um, for to eminent need, near need situation, whenever somebody goes on Google, that buying journey is very, very short <laughs> versus right, right. windows and doors, right? So I know the strategies work even better because of the eminent need situation, but I really fell in love, which is kind of odd. I really do admire funeral directors. I'm like nothing against oh, the home improvement contractors, right? Everything is about money though, right? They don't care as much right, about homeowners, but I'm like, wow, it's very admirable. There's somebody out there that still really, really genuinely care about the families they serve though. That's why I'm like, hey, this is probably if I want to grow into another industry, let me really see if this is the industry I really want to work with. So through referrals, got to know a little more about the funeral industry. That's when I'm like, wow, yep, this is the industry I really want to just stay in for the longest time. And that's why we be out there talking, speaking, educating. I love the industry. Interesting. I didn't know that about you, Welton. That's really nice. Yeah, it's, it's, seriously, I admire you guys. So really, thank you. Well, There's... thanks to you for what you guys do. It's, it's not easy. It's definitely not an easy profession. That's really good to hear because a lot of the companies that you see, especially a lot of the newer ones into death care, a lot of the technology companies, it started because of more of a negative experience where mm-hmm. they went through the process and they're like, this is broken, I need to be fixed. And like right. myself included in that kind of right. pool, but... Sounds like you naturally came into it and fell in love with it, which is probably why you're so well-loved and respected. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot more good people. Yeah. It's not just the funeral homes, the other suppliers. Like in general, this profession, people are just good nature. They're kind-hearted. doesn't look like, wow. It's a good profession. Yeah, and I would definitely say that it took me a while to get there. I think I came in with a chip on my shoulder and was like, ah, I'm turning this upside down. And you realize like, oh, these... A lot of it's not due to them not caring. It's almost like the opposite. Like they care too, so much that the business side of it almost suffers because they care so yeah, much. They're caregivers, right? That's why I don't blame them for not knowing how to do marketing. It just, yeah, they're caregivers. Yeah. Awesome. And so when I introduced Will, because on the first, very first episode, I actually interviewed Will here and... <laughs> I talked about all his achievements with being a funeral director and all that stuff. And he says, don't forget about how good of a chef I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so I follow you on Facebook, Welton, (laughs) and you have eaten at some pretty fancy and nice places. A lot of the times I don't even know what I'm looking at when you post pictures (laughs) of the foods you eat. Yep. So where is your favorite, I guess, location to eat outside of where you live? And what's your favorite restaurant? Right. It's odd, though. I'll kind of share with you why my wife and I, my wife, I say we, <laughs> my wife <Yeah>. loves to cook. <laughs> right? So Monday through Fridays, we eat very healthy at home, right? But on weekends, we don't have kids, but so we like, hey, let's go out. It's like a date, right? We're like, we let's still go on a date. And when we go on a date, we like to go to those meals that's a little longer, though, right? It's going out, quick bite, an hour. We really want a little longer meal, three, four hours. We get a talk and just like, you're going on a date. But obviously we're talking about business. We're just like all of you guys, you're always talking about the two spouse or we work together. So we need that long, like three, four hours to really unwind, right? Talk a lot about just random stuff and talk about business. So to me, I love those long meals. It's not just we love fine dining. It's just like that sitting of three to four hours 
those typically happen in, in those nicer meals, right? And yeah. then that's how we kind of love those. And it's not like we just only eat fancy meals, but like <laughs> we're just in Taiwan. We love street food. I will eat street food standing up, like street vendors, like, yeah, those are dirty stuff. Like, but those, I love those just as more. But I love that long meal where we can really sit down and wind and just discuss, just chat. I know you've eaten at many Michelin star restaurants. <laughs> Which one would you, oh, wow. would you say is your favorite? There's so many good ones, but out here in Vegas, I'm here in Vegas now, I'll probably say one of our favorite one is going to be Joe Robuchon inside MGM. Oh. Just by the ambiance, it's just like, it's first <laughs> ambiance. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I would go in, it's obviously a spurge show, but the ambiance is great. It's three, four hours, meals, whenever we have, yeah, friends, well, yeah, we typically would recommend them. At least as experience. I always look at experience. And it's fun why we go to these high-end restaurants is I'm trying to learn how they do their operations, right? It's like oh, how good it is expressed. It's very, very well thought through, yeah. engineered, right? Yeah. From the minute you walk in, the whole experience is all well thought through. Like even down to the napkins, it's all well laid out. It's flat. They use iron. That's like top notch. So we're always learning. My wife will sit there just kind of... Sometimes we don't talk, we just like look at how the staff functions, how they hand off different things. It's, it's very well thought through. I still amazed how they do that though. Yeah. So after you're done with this agency, you're going to <laughs> open a five-star restaurant? Is oh, that what I'm too, hearing? That's too tough. I just want to die. <laughs> yeah, that's smart, Wilson. That's smart. <laughs> What's your favorite wine? Favorite wine? Oh, wow. We drink all types of wine, which is kind of odd. <laughs> We don't collect wines, but we love to just taste different wines. It's one of those things, same thing, just experience. We love to visit wineries as well. Just look at the oral operation. Right. Side story, we actually went to Champagne, stayed there for two weeks. And oh, wow. you hit some of the large, large Champagne houses that you heard of, down to the little mom and pops. They really see that contrast. They're all working hard. Right? You got the super large Champagne house, do a lot of marketing down to mom and pop. They're very, very good champagne, but you can see their struggles in a nice way, right? That's why I love to see that extreme. Uh, and it's like everything ties back to your business too. So, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we love to travel, but we love to just, yeah, we're, we're very good at just, yeah, absorbing as we go. Yeah. One of the stories I have about Welton, and this kind of shows how classy he is, is I've been to many a convention with Welton where during the day, you're doing the booth thing and <laughs> talking to funeral directors. And a lot of times you're talking to other vendors and you're just hanging out. And then at night, sometimes, you know, people like to drink. They like to hang <laughs> out. And normally in a situation like that, if there's a large group, someone will end up, the instigator will go and grab shots at the bar. <laughs> but when you're with Welton, all of a sudden, 20 wine glasses of red wine will come out <laughs> in front of you. And everyone now just has wine. And I mean, people are still getting a little inebriated and having fun, but it's not like they're going getting the shots of Patron at the bar. It's more classy. It's definitely a Welton experience. No, it's to me, it's, you never know what you're going to taste. I was just like chocolate. It's fun. <laughs> cool. One of the last questions which we've asked. Sure many of our guests thus far is sure. where you see the funeral industry in 10 years. Yes, I wish I can predict, but at least what I could acknowledge 
is going to be two things. One is, of course, cremations is on the rise, right? We will have to face cremations on the rise. That's a given now. So yep. given that cremation is on the rise, whether you're a traditional firm or direct cremation business, how do you make position yourself to be well suited for those families who are looking for cremation with a service or direct cremation? Oh, you got to make sure, just like going to high-end restaurant, you really want to make sure that experience is very, very well thought through. When a minute you answer the phone or online arrangement, right, what parting does, the whole online experience is very, very well thought through. That's why it's like, you really got to, if the biggest exercise, which I also need to do myself, is I really need to sit down and then pretend I'm my client. I really want to figure out from onboarding all the way to kickoff to starting, the whole journey is a well thought through. So I really think that's whoever can win on the online journey, and it's an overall experience though, is going to win. It's really is coming back to experience though. Yeah, got it. I know you recently had a personal death in the family and you had to handle that in another country. Do you see a model in other countries that you think, because almost every other country is 80, 90% cremation now and they all All kind of adapted or figured it out. Do you feel like there's a model that you've seen in other countries that you think might be where we're headed? Yeah. So it's not odd, but I think in Asian culture, you don't bring ashes home. (laughs) period. <laughs> you don't bring ashes home. So it's there's mm-hmm. always permanent placement. There's always, though, it's always cremation with a service. It doesn't need to be elaborate. There's always a service tied to cremation. And you don't bring ashes home. It's always permanently placed somewhere else, right? It could be right, just at a temple. It could be just one of those very large cremation calabarian ditches, but yeah. you don't bring home. So yeah, that's why I think in Taiwan, that, that's where I grew up. The funeral industry is still very high revenue per call. <laughs> yeah, it's still they're still having that experience of overall services and permanent placement. So it's still very viable. Yeah. But it's still cremation. It's all cremation. It's, all, yeah, it's all cremation. I'm guessing probably 95 to 99%. I do not know, but not too many people do burial though. There's not, there's no land. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Do you think that the U.S. can adapt that to where firms will now somehow bundle it? Because it's gotten to a point where I think I so. the direct cremation so. is a separate thing and it's on its own beast now. Do you feel like the trajectory will come back to where people are going to do it? <laughs> yeah, I really hope so. So we're working with more and more cemeteries these days, right? Cemeteries, they feel they're less and less relevant these days, though, because those cremated remains are not, right, permanently placed, though. So I really think if there's somehow, you know, homes and cemeteries can work together <laughs> a little bit more, <laughs> it will be one big happy family. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, wonders, it's a beautiful vision. That's a beautiful yeah. vision. <laughs> Walton, I feel like you're asking for a lot right now. I know. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, it's interesting because I recently went to a funeral at Rose Hills, which is the largest. My aunt, all my aunts, uncles are all buried there. It's like the largest cemetery on the West Coast. I don't even know if it's, maybe it's in the U.S. It's huge. Mm -hmm. It's one of them. I saw the new construction kind of on the other side of the hill. And it's a lot more like niches and... Mm -hmm walls and not as much like burials. And I think that's probably going to be more of the model because I don't know. I mean, just the trend wise. It's more revenue per square foot. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you can build upwards, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Into the airspace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Is there anything else interesting that you wanted to talk about or anything that you see in the future that you're excited about in death care, Walton? Yeah, I'm really just loving what you guys are doing. Oh, seriously, yeah, Tyler, it's going to be, whether it's a traditional firm or a direct commission business, you got to start thinking about the overall online experience. For those few that just want to do a little bit more research themselves, right, and just make it easy for them. I love to talk to human beings, but by all means, right? But some do want to do a little bit more research online first, though. Mm -hmm. Or some would rather just write their grieving, they'd rather just do everything on their own. So you just give them another option, right? Yeah. So I really think, yeah, your tool really does a great job in overall that capturing that experience. Oh, well, thank you. Ooh, you didn't have to serious. go that way. Well, I, I, meant, I meant really yeah. generally anything. But... <laughs> yeah, I'm serious here, yeah. Do you think we'll ever get off the Google beast or is that just going to be the internet at some point? For now, yeah. It's based on the yellow pages of the yeah. present day until it got replaced by the next technology, though. Yeah, hopefully Alexa, I don't know. <laughs> all right well thank you very much welton thank you guys i really appreciate talking to you yeah i see you at all these conventions and it's always a pleasure you're one of my favorite yeah. people to talk thank to you. and interact with but yeah thank you very much thank you welton thank you tyler thank you well thank you everybody yeah <laughs> All right. Well, that is the end of the podcast. As always, I am Tyler Yamasaki here with Will DeMichaelis and Welton Hong. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you ever want to know more, please find us at directcremation.com. 